Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion, unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. This entire month we have teamed up with Podchaser to IMDb, LinkedIn, Goodreads or Letterboxd.podcasting listeners who leave a review for The Other Stories or an episode of The Other Stories on Podchaser by the 30th of August will be entered for a chance to win the Other Stories swag package consisting of a t-shirt, a mug and a TOS poster. To do this, head over to podchaser.com forward slash The Other Stories. Once again, that's podchaser.com as in someone's got a pod and you're chasing them for it, uh, podchaser.com forward slash the other stories and leave a review. Also, just wanted to mention we had a pretty strange five star review submitted this week from at VelenkinFan27. He says, Thanks for all the great stories and that, but please shout out to Lynch. If you're listening, you need to reset the device before it's too late. Huh. Not sure what device you mean, but uh, thanks, VelenkinFan27. These reviews are all very much appreciated. Anyway, today's episode is Temporal Fracture, written by Matthew C. Butcher and narrated by Josh Curran. Audio memory prompt. Line 4, 5, Alpha 3, Hotel 7, 7. Play message. So, where do we begin? Someone, or something, was rewriting reality, and no one else seemed to notice a damned thing. 
That was the realisation that started me down this path of unwanted enlightenment. The fact that you're listening to this means they've changed something big. I'll try to keep things brief. You need to regain functionality and clean up whatever mess they've made this time. Though this story technically begins in childhood, I consider its narrative to start on a rainy February Sunday at some midpoint in my thirties. After persistent nagging from my long-suffering wife, I had finally set aside a day to sort through the old boxes of junk I'd hoarded away over the years. The world had grown to be so throwaway, so I took solace in memories made physical through keepsakes and souvenirs. Whilst sorting through a box labelled children's books, in the immaculate handwriting of my dearly departed mother, I happened across an old favourite of mine, a delightful tale centred around a family of bears that my mother would read to me whenever I struggled to get to sleep. I'm sure you can remember the one. What caught my eye was the author's name. It looked… wrong. Though it appeared to be nothing more than a couple of vowels switched around, it was like a splinter in my eye. When I finished for the day, I took the book back down to show the discovery to my wife. She, of course, saw nothing wrong and laughed, perhaps expecting this to be some sort of strange joke. I chuckled, playing along, and pushed it from my mind. Surely I was misremembering. That was the only rational explanation, for the time being anyway. A few days later, however, while snuggled on the couch, bathed in the television's pale blue glow, an advert for a popular soft drink came on. The catchphrase was so well known that I suspect more people could quote it than the Bible. I knew the wording to heart. Everyone did. Except this time, I didn't. That's not right, I had muttered sitting up suddenly enough to make my wife, who had drifted off, wake with a start. "'Was that, dear?' she mumbled as she tried to get comfortable again. "'Oh, uh, nothing.' For fear of ridicule, I left it at that, and quietly researched the product's history on my phone. That was the catchphrase. That had always been the catchphrase. Except that it wasn't now, and it never had been. After that, I saw subtle unfamiliarities everywhere. Slight alterations in spellings, famous lines in film and television were now worded differently, and product names that I refused to accept I could have remembered wrong had changed noticeably. I dreaded to consider the extent of all that I missed, all the changes to the things that weren't distinct enough to be committed to memory. Of course, I assumed that this phenomenon was internal, that I was going insane. How couldn't I? Sure, there were small fringe groups of the conspiracy-minded that seemed to experience something similar, but they all lost me with the talk of shape-shifting space lizards and a resurgence of satanic panic. I appreciated their mindset as, hell, if this was all the work of the satanic lizard men, then at least I'd have some semblance of a handle on the situation. For me, however, it was the unknown that left me truly afraid. Without understanding, I didn't have control, and 
Without control, I was adrift in a reality that seemed to ebb and flow around me like a choppy sea. What finally brought this whole madness home was the insertion of a historical event that had no place being there. A famous president that I clearly remembered serving two terms in the White House before dying at the ripe old age of 83 was now in the history books as the victim of a public assassination. There was footage of the incident, autopsy photos, and even a whole conspiracy revolving around the event's true perpetrators. There was, however, no discussion as to whether the event actually happened. Even in the conspiracy circles, I was alone with this one. It was a staple in the history books, one of those remember-where-you-were-when-you-found-out moments. Just you wait, I'd thought. This will change everything. Everything does. It was only a week or so later that I opened my eyes one chilly morning to find an unfamiliar ceiling. Cracks ran through its magnolia paint like lightning, tearing the night sky apart, and the smell of mildew hung faintly in the air. Turning over, I found myself alone, though at first this didn't seem strange. In fact, these new surroundings soon became acceptable to my mind, as my old reality drifted away like a fading dream. As I pulled myself out of bed and shuffled to the bathroom, I felt an overbearing sense of mourning that I couldn't place. A great loss tugged heavily on my heartstrings, threatening to reduce me to tears, but I had no idea why. Hell, it wasn't as though my life was anything but misery, but this, this, felt like something much more than the general malaise I had grown accustomed to these past few years. After making myself semi-presentable, I drudged down to the liquor store to get enough cheap booze to erase another day. The shop window beckoned me from the other side of the crossing with flashing neon lights and promises of unbelievable discounts when a bus pulled up to a stop in front of me. Plastered to its side was a soft drink advertisement. That soft drink advertisement, with a catchphrase that I just knew was out of place. In an instantaneous information dump, I remembered everything that had come before. Finally realising what it was that I mourned, my legs buckled, and silent tears began to flow down my cheeks. My wife was gone. We were likely to never even meet. Furthermore, to this day I still can't remember her goddamn name. Swigging whiskey from a paper bag, I made my way to the local park where I had been spending my days fulfilling the role of the textbook alcoholic, drinking on a bench and conversing with pigeons. Today, however, I had a head full of memories that didn't seem all my own. Umpteen iterations of previous lives that overlapped, each seeming as real as the next. It was too much to process. A single lifetime is painful enough. It was at this painfully low point that an old friend, one you hadn't formally met yet, stepped in. Things aren't looking so good, are they? I think he said. No, 
Jesus talk? I likely grumbled in response. Not today. You don't think you need saving? He'd replied with a wry smile. Lord, did I ever. Though I hadn't known what from at the time. He went on to confirm my former marriage and that on that line, as he called it, I was set to have three children. Two boys and a girl, the three of whom he refused to name for it would only make the emotional process of their own birth more traumatic. Seeing the life I had down this line and its stark contrast with that which I was currently on saddened him greatly. He has been a great friend since that moment. Please remember that. He had gone on to tell a story, one that he had no business knowing. A story from my childhood, when this whole chain of events really began. On a pleasant summer's eve, Mother was reading a bedtime story to help me sleep. And sleep I did, until a loud noise roused me in the early hours. For some reason, rather than wake her, I took it upon myself to investigate this sound alone. Donning my slippers, I slunk out into the night and headed towards the nearby forest. There was a flickering light emanating from somewhere within, one that I had assumed to be a forest fire or crashed airplane, so I pressed on, eager to discover what was going on. What I found was a small, perfectly circular clearing within which floated a sphere of brilliant, pulsating light. At this orb's core, when the light was at its dimmest, something metallic was partially visible. An alien craft of some sort, my childish sci-fi-fueled mind had deduced. The light grew more consistent and brighter, bleaching out the trees around to white stripes. An electricity filled the air, standing the small hairs on the nape of my neck to attention. Then, the light. Well, it's difficult to explain. Without moving, it folded in on itself. For the briefest of moments, I could see through the heart of the light in a direction I had never experienced before, nor since. Not up or down, left or right, this was beyond. That's the best explanation I can give. As I'm sure you are aware, I'm not a scientist. Hell, I barely graduated college. All I knew was that I had seen something my mind still can't fathom. Even now. It was the sight of this spatial anomaly that triggered something I would later learn to be called a temporal fracture. Usually, such a break from perceived dimensional norms would result in madness or severe disillusionment, but for rare childhood cases like this, the mind's concept of reality is not yet fully formed and is malleable enough not to shatter completely beyond the point of repair. The fracture sits in the sufferer's mind, like a dormant tumour that can, at any point, begin to grow and spread. Those fractured in this way develop to be separate enough from the world to have an outside perspective and, as such, end up in a place of cognizance where the alterations to reality are uniquely visible. You can see the changes that others cannot. 
The invention of time travel was, or will be, inevitable. How it's achieved is unimportant because, believe me, you won't understand it. But its effects are key to understanding your role in this. Each venture into the past, however passive or non-intrusive, leaves a temporal tear. Even the displacement of air the traveller causes can have a ripple effect over the centuries of millennia that could snowball to catastrophe. While these tears are something that could perhaps be accounted for with futuristic science magic, it is not perceived by anyone, neither transchronal traveller nor chronostatic civilian. The universe heals the tears left, and included within those tears are our memories. You can hopefully realise the importance surrounding temporal fractures now, as we are the only ones who can remember. We see the changes, we can log the damage, but why is this so goddamn important? Allow me to explain my current idiot's level understanding. Remember, not a scientist. <clears throat> there is one known universe consisting of an infinite number of overlapping realities. All choices, all actions, and all possibilities play out in these fluid realities, though only one line is acted out in three spatial dimensions we, as humans, experience. Each reality is constantly vying for dominance, like trees in the rainforest canopy, so the smallest change from a chronostatic choice or a transchronal tear can cause an entirely new reality to slip through into prominence. These three dimensions, our spatial parameters, I have since learned are nothing more than the shadow of the great fluid universal organism that exists in ways we can't fathom. Our entire perceivable universe that we hold to be at the centre of our cosmic understanding is merely the inconsequential byproduct of something altogether more divine. Yet again, we self-important apes who once thought Earth to be the centre of existence have now suffered a further blow to our ever-fragile egos. We are lice on a dog's back. We are parasitically living on an impossibly large and complex cosmic organism that didn't even know we existed until we invented time travel. Furthermore, this matrix of realities is alive in some sense of the word. It takes steps to heal itself, and in some instances I am yet to understand, can be interacted with. We are ticks on God's back, and for fear that one day we will become enough of a nuisance for it to get deloused, we in the agency attempt to manage the temporal destruction caused by transchronal travel. We attempt to serve the role not of the louse, but of the bird cleaning the crocodile's teeth, prepared to risk annihilation at any point if it ceases to be of use. This brings me to the purpose of this recording. If you are listening to this, if I am listening to this, it means there's been a major change and I've forgotten some or all of how we came to be where we are. I hope this helps trigger my memory. There were very few fractured agents at work when this was recorded, but we are invaluable. We need to know what was changed. We must be able to locate the temporal wound if we are able to stem the bleeding. Please, remember, before there is nothing left to forget. Message end. Audio memory prompt terminated.
I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Other Stories. Temporal Fracture was written by Matthew C. Butcher, narrated by Josh Curran, edited by Duncan Muggerton, with music by Velatai and Tom Robson. The episode illustration was provided by Luke Spooner of Carry On House. Matthew C. Butcher is a novelist, writer for the chart-topping podcast, The Other Stories, that's this one, and soon to be breaking into the medium of graphic novels. He has a keen interest in near-future sci-fi and conspiracy and enjoys speculating at what point everything goes awry. Despite the generally graphic and miserable themes in his writing, he promises he's actually quite a pleasant person. Honest. Josh Curran is a narrator and writer. He has narrated many episodes of The Other Stories over the show's lifetime. He's also the creator of the horror audio drama podcast, Miscreation. And you can follow him on Twitter at at jcurranwriter. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can help support the show over at patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. You can join our book club and chat about the podcast over at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash hawk and cleaver. T-shirts and mugs and posters are available at gumroad.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. The Other Stories is a production of the story studio Hawk and Cleaver. It is brought to you with Creative Commons, Attribution, Non-Commercial, No Derivatives License. That means don't change it, don't sell it, but by all means share the hell out of it. So... Until next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.